This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 81. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Susan Walker. Susan is a web developer at Rutgers University Camden, where she manages the WordPress multi-sites. She's a co-organizer of the Philadelphia WordPress Meetup, has been a WordCamp Philly co-organizer, and has spoken at WordCamp US. Hi, Susan. Nice to see you today. Hi. How is everybody? We're doing very well, Susan. Thank you so much. Great to see you again. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Well, uh, I live in Haddon Township, New Jersey. That's about uh, 15 minutes by rail from Center City, Philly. And uh, you mentioned that I work at Rutgers Camden. Uh, My official title there is web developer, but uh, that only is a little bit of what I do. Uh, Not much to tell about myself personally. Single, no kids, right now no pets, but I'm looking forward to getting a house fairly soon, and I will probably get myself a couple little guinea pigs. Oh, guinea pigs. Yes. Mm. Uh, Have you had guinea pigs before? Oh, I have. I have uh, since I was a little kid. Oh, great. So do you teach or at the university, or you run their web stuff? No, I do no teaching uh, whatsoever. Uh, The closest I ever come is uh, pulling aside the content people, we call them ninjas, and uh, train them on specific things such as building web forms. But uh, I do stay out of the classroom, and uh, that's probably a good thing for both me and the students. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you find WordPress and get into web development to begin with? I, uh, oh gosh, that, that's uh, two different stories. Uh, starting with WordPress, I was actually hired by uh, Rutgers Camden as a Drupal developer. And uh, I don't think that they had fully worked out the plan of what they were going to do with me once they got me on board. Uh, they put me in an office and I basically sat around for four weeks and then the department head came in and said, well, we've decided you're not going to do Drupal. Uh, you're going to be doing our uh, WordPress. And they had never actually asked me in the job interview if I knew anything about WordPress or done it before. So uh, that is awesome. I, <laughs> uh, so yes, I, I think about uh, a week and a half into trying to figure out how to build a theme, I was just kind of sitting there crying because I knew that I was going to get fired once they figured out I had no idea what was going on. Uh, But it did work out, and with a lot of time on Google and a lot of patience, uh, I think about six months after being told that, I had built my first plug-in and my first theme, and uh, we were starting to get things on the right track. Can I ask, were you a Drupal developer at the time, or were you a developer generally, and you were going to dig into Drupal? What was, what was the hiring process, and, and where were you in terms of your development career with respect to getting hired in the first place? I had uh, started working with HTML about the year 1999, and that was because I was a public information officer at uh, a uh, uh, two-year college. 
And uh, they told me that I would be working with the IT group uh, on the setting up the course catalog. And I wanted to get ahead of the curve on that and figure out the conflicting information that the IT group told me and um, found out that I enjoyed doing the HTML a whole lot more than what I was doing for a living. And I was pretty good at it. That's how I made the transition in. Um, I spent about two years after that just kind of learning on my own, and then my first really full-time job doing web was in 2003, and I won't mention the company name, but I was working for a Fortune 500 company that provides uh, uh, IT and consulting services to universities, and I was based out at Sol Ross State University in West Texas, where I was working on a um, classic ASP and a SQL Server-based content management system. Uh, it was starting to die out, so yeah. I started researching other CMSs, and that's how I picked up on Drupal. Cool. Thank you. That's uh... <laughs> a the very long way around. That's a long, that's a story right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty There's a lot. There's a lot of um, activity these days in the higher education uh, component of WordPress. I know, I believe it's Rachel Cherry who runs Word Campus, and there's a lot that goes into university website systems. Can you talk a little bit about that? And if you're involved in that community at all? I um, do attend all of their events virtually. I've not had an opportunity to be out there yet or uh, be as deeply involved uh, simply because I'm so involved in the uh, Philly WordPress community. There just becomes a point at which you can't do everything. Uh, I think one of the things that you'll find with the education community is that there is an awful lot of multi-site and multi-network installations, probably compared to the way that uh, WordPress is used in um, other areas. And uh, I think a lot of it is instead of the idea of you have a client, you build and you deploy and maybe you provide support after that, but you really don't have to deal with it uh, actively. The whole concept of multi-site and really you're, you're talking about managed hosting and you're talking about sustaining the ecosystem and optimizing it for your particular kind of user instead of just the do it and then you're done with it. What is um, your biggest challenge in running this multi-site at the university, would you say? Manpower. Uh, for us, uh, when I started out, it was a single multi-site that was really struggling to find its purpose. Uh, there were maybe 30 sites on it, uh, only two of which were departments. Uh, so it was pretty easy to get a grip on, but we were so successful with it that by various measures, the... Uh, growth of the system in the, you know, the seven and a half years that I've done this has been uh, 2,300%. And we still have myself and assistant man. growth? Wow. Yes. Wow. So, wow. so that's really interesting. Um, 
thinking about multi-site for a university, and I'm, and I'm just thinking aloud here, is that it could be for the Department uh, of History. It could be for the sub-department of modern European history, or it could be mm -hmm. uh, a multi-site for one modern European history professor and all of her students to mm -hmm. have it. And I could see very easily how well, can't you just give us another website suddenly becomes 17,000 at least started and maybe have often abandoned blogs and the like. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, actually, one of the things that I, I'm proudest of having uh, worked on this is with a multi-site of any kind, you need to think about an exit strategy when things fail. Uh, you know, specific sites or blogs, people want the space, they set it up, and then it sits there for all eternity. Uh, I wrote a script that we uh, named Alice, uh, and uh, Alice's job is to check every night for the sites that have not launched yet, and we know that whether we've got a domain name mapped to them. And then it will check the date that the site was registered. And if it's been out there for uh, a year, then it will automatically archive that site. And it will give the content providers warnings uh, 30, 60, and 90 days out before that um, deadline. But uh, it basically serves them notice that this can't sit out there indefinitely, and it does a great job of um, keeping things cleaned up, but taking the politics out of it. That sounds like a good idea. It's always good to steer clear of politics. Susan, I want to ask you about uh, your involvement with the Philadelphia WordPress community. Mm-hmm. Those listening, for the edification of those listening, you and I have been on the organizing team for WordCamp Philly the last couple of years together, and it, it's been a real pleasure working with you. But I, I don't know the story of how you got involved with the community. Certainly, you shared with us about your abrupt introduction to WordPress itself, <laughs> but hopefully your, your introduction to the community was a little bit more in your own hands and more enjoyable. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, um, in 2012, the uh, sysadmin mentioned to me, hey, there's this thing called WordCamp coming up in Philly, and uh, you might like to go to it. So uh, they paid for my registration, and WordCamp Philly 2012 was my first event in the area. Uh, and I had the great good fortune to sit in on a presentation, and I wish I could remember their names, but they were from uh, the uh, Tri-College Cooperative that uh, Bryn Mawr and uh, Swarthmore and, oh, I forget what the third one is. is Haverford College. Haverford. Haverford, Yeah. Uh, and they had two of their people talking about the challenges of WordPress multi-site in education. And it was just this amazing moment where I thought, yes, these are exactly the challenges that I've been running into. And I actually found myself ahead of them on a couple of the strategies. Uh, That's always fun. With. And it, yes, it, it, it really was uh, such an affirming moment. 
that uh, I did my best to try and get out there. I think it was actually maybe 2013, and it was, in fact, a uh, presentation that you did for WordPress Philly. It was Advanced Custom Fields. And uh. I remember it was the <laughs> University of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was at UPenn. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started looking into that a little bit, and uh, we actually went with tool set types and views to do a lot of the same things, but it was a better fit for us. Uh, and uh, then I just tried to make it every time I could, and uh, at some point, Reed Gusto noticed that I was there a whole lot and thought, well, maybe she'd like to talk one time. And he invited me, and I did a thing about um, multi-site back in 2015, and from there it just kind of snowballed. I talked at a WordCamp, and uh, I got invited to be a co-organizer for the meetup, and then a co-organizer for WordCamp, and here I am. That's a great story and a great um, trajectory and pathway, I think, an example of, of a great way to get more and more involved in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got a long history there. Susan, can you tell us about your definition of success? How do you define it uh, personally, professionally? Um, what does success mean for you? I, you know, I saw that question and it is such a whole meaning of life thing. How do you? Yes, it is. That's why we like to ask it. <laughs> yes, you've called us out rightly so. <laughs> And, you know, and I think in the grandest sense, uh, one of the things I've read along the way uh, was, I think, from uh, a picture of Dorian Gray, Oscar Wilde's definition of happiness was being in harmony with your surroundings. And I think that in the grand scheme of things that maybe once you've got your basic needs met, you've got your bills paid and a roof over your head and you don't have too many economic worries and you're a little bit beyond that. Uh, you're making your little corner of the world a bit tidier in some way without sweeping the dirt into somebody else's. And you found that harmony. And, and I think that's just, probably the greatest success there is because it, it's your scale of who you are and what you do. Oh, I love that holistic approach to it. The, the sense of harmony, of course, and that could be on many different levels, right? Individual harmony and being at peace with who we are and where we are and what we're doing. And then, you know, I love that you said you're tidying up your little corner of the world without sweeping dust into everybody else's. <laughs> and again, that, um, that has meaning on many different levels. It's not just being friendly and neighborly, but it's, it can be on a, you know, looking out for people less advantaged than we are, or pick a, pick a, a venue or a, a situation. And, and that kind of being in harmony inevitably means compromise and support and generosity to, to self and to others. I love that, Susan. You've You've struck a chord with me with my <laughs> definition. Thank you. I agree. I agree. Thank you for sharing that. What are some of the things that you do toward that idea of success? Maybe outside of your WordPress stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and some of it is just having a sense of who you are or at least who you're not. Sometimes figuring out who you're not is one of the most important things. 
Uh, and um, I think for me that, uh, you know, one of the things people don't know about me is I'm actually a service brat. My father was Coast Guard. Uh, I've lived in nine different states. And so... Uh, What's you your know, favorite place that you've lived? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, here. Here, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And so for me, uh, you know, and, and this is a very specific thing that uh, I, obviously I can't recommend to the rest of the world is find that community where you felt like you were a part of it and try and come home to it when you can. Uh, though I would also add that if you're already there, uh, don't isolate yourself in that community. Get out and see the world and try and spend some time in it. So find your home, but don't be afraid to leave the home too. Right, right. Uh, you know, and it's really interesting uh, coming here. And I, I think one of the things that I've always loved about the Philadelphia area is it has what I guess I would describe as an educated working class. Uh, you, you've got very much people who are in day-to-day -day jobs, but they seem to have a higher level of uh, interest in their surroundings and in learning and in growing. And uh, I've often wondered if maybe that has something to do with the Quaker roots of the community here. And some of the philosophy has rubbed off on the culture in um, interesting ways. Uh, I, I do know that a lot of the people uh, who most epitomize that ha are actually uh, Swarthmore graduates or um, their, their circles and their families. Yeah, and I think also that there's a great tech community that's really growing in Philadelphia, and it seems to be a very socially conscious community as well, very... Um, progressive, I'd say, in, it is. in how, it, how, how the tech world interacts with each other and diversity and all of those things. I've noticed a lot of conversations in the Philly community about that kind of stuff. So that's, I think that's a great thing about the Philadelphia area too, if that's true. That's my perception anyway. It, it really feels like it's a lot more inclusive than a lot of places. Uh, and I would also add that for the arts community here. Uh, which I have the uh, pleasure and privilege of knowing a lot of people from. And it is just a very welcoming and very diverse group. And I'm glad that the tech community is also uh, doing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great little community to be a part of. And it, it's mm -hmm. wonderful to, to see um, you know, when you said educated working class, what other, Susan, something like over 100 universities in the greater Philadelphia uh, area, mm -hmm. and maybe not over 100, but certainly more than I could count, and uh, would take the better part of the morning to Google them all and find them all. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of universities, big uh, education here. Susan, I want to spend a second here before we move on to other questions to mm -hmm. take you back, because in your, your introduction, you mentioned or we mentioned that you spoke at WordCamp US and I was ah. privileged enough to be 
in the audience for for that talk, and you were talking about some of the challenges of website administration uh, within a university environment, just given the size and the scope and the scales and the competing needs that a university has. And one mm-hmm. of the slides that you shared with the, with the people in your talk uh, highlighted and referenced and detailed something that you have, I, be, I would, I'm going to go and say affectionately refer to as the Walker principle. Yes. And, and that has stuck with me and caused me many a laugh. And also, uh, you know, I find great insight in it. I wonder if, if you can share that with us. And I also would love to know the backstory of how you came to uh, discover that principle. Mm. Uh, Walker's principle is dysfunction in your organization will manifest itself as dysfunction on your website. And I, Ooh, I like that. Everybody who hears that seems to be laughing and nodding their heads and, you know, recalling uh, their favorite story of something that uh, didn't quite go according to plan because of the organizational structure. And uh, there's just so many ways that that can possibly happen. Um, In my last job, I was... uh, I started out actually as a web content technician, rapidly became the web developer there, and uh, just like I've been a pretty much a single person with a department at Rutgers Camden, it was a very similar situation there where, uh, honestly, the administration was thinking that the whole web thing was kind of a fad and that it was going to go away. Of course, this was 2003, so... Uh, they they never really fully bought into it uh, until they realized it uh, maybe would be useful for marketing. Uh, but one of the things about working at a very small university is you can see all the different parts moving and get a handle on it in a way that you can't at an Ivy League school or a Big Ten university. And you can uh, see the very specific cause and effect of uh, things and why they're not working out on the web. And, of course, in in the broad sense, um, I'm very – I don't pursue it as a hobby anymore, but I was actually looking into physics as a um, career path at one point. And the uh, second law of thermodynamics, which is basically entropy over time, systems are going to fall apart if you don't put energy and effort into them, is pretty much the driving force behind any website, anytime, ever. And uh, a lot of what I've tried to do is, uh, you know, one person usually trying to handle too much web presence is to try and plug the holes in the system and make it the closest thing to being a self-sustaining machine that you can possibly make it. Uh, Because the less effort that you put into a website, the uh, longer it can go uh, without things starting to fall apart on you. Interesting. I'm thinking about that as a, you know, both from from your perspective as a part of the organization, right? So you can have Mm -hmm. an impact on the dysfunction or function level of that organization. For those of us who run agencies and do client work, 
that's not really something that's in our control. And I, and I think sometimes organizations pull in agencies, outside people to, um, to come in and build their website and don't understand that the website is dependent on that Walker principle, right? On that Mm -hmm. idea that their organization's, um, level of interest involvement and function or dysfunction is going to have a proportionate effect on our ability to create a great website for them. And I think that that's a really interesting way to look at it as well as if you are, how do you approach that if you are, um, if you're internal versus external and how do you create a great website um, and have an impact on the, the, the level mm-hmm. of functionality of that, of the organization itself. Really mm-hmm. great question. Great thing to ponder, I think. So uh, I like that Walker principle. I'm definitely going to keep that in mind. <laughs> I wonder if I can put that on my website somehow. <laughs> That's really interesting. And, and I'm going to tra- take that as a, an opportunity to transition a little bit because mm-hmm. it's what you're sharing with us is, is along the lines of advice in a way. And we always ask our guests to share with us advice that they have received in their life and implemented something that's had an impact on you. Is there any, any uh, advice that you can share with us that comes to mind? Uh, you know, one of the things that I have um, always enjoyed was a quote, and I think it is um, from the movie producer Arthur Freed, who said, don't try to be different, just be good. To be good is different enough. And I've tried to live by that and do well in a small way. And when you're working on web design and web development, it's very easy to get distracted by all the things you can do, uh, the bells and whistles and the shiny objects and so on. And I think to try and stay focused on what the actual purpose is and who are you serving by this and placing the, you know, for me, the web visitor first and then the content providers and then everybody else and uh, strive for the best that you can possibly do there and just being successful in any way at that is a great thing and a different thing. Be you and be the best you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The simplicity of that, I, I think, is is really important. And, you know, we always talk about, in business anyways, what's your differentiator, what makes you better, what makes you unique. And to the, to the point of the advice that you just shared, just do a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as often <laughs> as you possibly can, do a good job. And... Uh, that 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 alone is a, a fantastic differentiator. I love that advice. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, I think the temptation to stand out, be different, be unique, is maybe um, in in this community where we have where we have so much of the same. In terms, websites look the same. All of those things. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you stand out and be different? Can distract you from being good. I think that's important to keep in mind mm-hmm. yeah absolutely what is your favorite thing to do Susan in your job at the university what's your favorite what's the favorite element of your day-to-day work oh um in work 
you know, I, I love doing development. Uh, I like to think of it as puzzles to be solved rather than problem problems. And when I actually manage to solve one of those puzzles, and especially when I manage not to break something else when I do it, uh, is a wonderful thing. Uh, I do, uh, because my, my scope is actually beyond WordPress. I am the department comms person. I keep the Twitter account going. I do the graphic design work. I love to be able to shift gears and work on um, some of the message boards and graphics work and so on where you can be uh, cute or funny yeah. or, you know, whatever. And uh, it really helps to clear the clutter out of your head so that when I come back to the next puzzle, that I need to deal with on the development side. Uh, it, it's just really refreshing. Like I've had a nice long nap and I'm ready to go. Yeah, that variety is great. How mm -hmm. about in your non-work life? Tell us about some of the... Oh, um, you know, the theater. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and I don't know where in my family this comes from. We are not a particularly... Uh, uh, arts-oriented family in any way. My mother came from um, a bunch of science and math nerdy types. I'm actually like the third generation of women in STEM on my mother's side of the family. Uh, and on my father's side, I no clue whatsoever. But uh, apparently, I just was born with this where I love to create shows and I would uh, when we lived in West Virginia round up the neighborhood kids and direct them in fairy tales and then we would do a production on our front porch and we would charge the uh, family members each a penny to get in uh, my mother was telling me when I did this I was all of four years old wow I <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I first got involved in theater sometime in, like, between fourth and sixth grade, and uh, starting in high school, I was a regular in community theater productions, and I've been a community theater president for a couple of years, and in this area, I've performed with Shakespeare and Clark Park, and most recently, uh, got to workshop a um, show that Team Sunshine Performance Corporation is hoping to be able to stage in 2020 or 2021. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Do you, do you attend the theater as well? You oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, unfortunately, I'm not being a millionaire, the, I don't get season tickets to everything. I just have to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. Uh, do they have any same day type things? I know at our theater, sometimes they have same day. You can show up like an hour before the show. And if there are seats, you can get them for a discount. That is the sort of thing you usually get more at the Broadway level, and uh, I actually tend not to see so many of the mainstream productions. Uh, I, but uh, so no, you you don't really get the the discounts like that in the Philly community. <laughs> um, one one great way if you are in the area and you're interested but can't afford it is if you volunteer to usher. You yeah, go see the shows. Yeah, great, great. 
um, what's the fit? What's your, what's your best or favorite performance that you've done stands out for you? Ooh, um, the most challenging one that I took on just because I had so many lines in the show, uh, was a production of Agatha Christie's Toward Zero. And that was back in another era, uh, I was really excited that, uh, not this past summer, but the summer before I was in a production of Coriolanus and, uh, got to work with actual theater professionals and I had two lines, which it's like, there is no other way that I would ever be able to do Shakespeare like that. So that was fantastic. Fabulous. Wow. Well, the curtain is closing here on the on a theater note, theatrical note. Um, we are out of time, Susan. It's been such a delight to to meet you um, a little bit more. We've met before, but to meet you here and mm-hmm. learn more about you. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, where can people find you online, Susan? Ah, my website, when I actually show up and post something out there, is susanwrotemiss.com. Uh, it's sort of like a bus driver's holiday when you uh, go out and work on it. Uh, and uh, you'll find me on Twitter at Susan Wrote This and LinkedIn and GitHub. Great. Susan, thanks so much for joining us here today. It's a pleasure to see you again, as always. Oh, uh, thank you for having me. Thanks, Susan. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.